Hello, welcome to the Complete Discography Podcast. My name is Darren Huckey, and along with my co-host, Austin Johns, we break down every album from some of our favorite bands. Here in Season 2, we break down every album released by Bad Religion. We hope you enjoy the show. Season 2. Uh, right here, right now. How could Albany worse? Season of the Witch. Uh, yes. Is that a... Season of the Witch, is that a... American Horror Story reference, or what do you... I don't know, wasn't that, like, Halloween 2? Wasn't that, like... Oh, Halloween 3 was the, the weird one without Michael Myers with the... Oh, I think that's 2. Nah, dog, it's 3. 100% sure. 100%? 100% sure. I'm 100% certain it's 2. No, uh, 2 starts immediately after the final scene of 1 is almost like a direct continuation. Three is the spinoff, like, side thing. 100% final answer. <clears throat> I'm looking this up. Yeah, do it right now. Okay, I guess I can do that right now. Right now. Damn. <laughs> What's happening? You're just getting riled up about this Halloween? I'm just 100% right. I'm just waiting for you to record your reaction to being wrong. And? You've discovered... Yeah, it's, it's Halloween 3, and it's, it is Season of the Witch. So. All right. Well, All right. You heard it here first, folks. Settled. Yeah. <laughs> John Carpenter, Halloween 3. Actually, I don't even know if he uh, wrote... Three. I'm doubtful he was involved with that, but yeah, maybe. Um, anyway, season, yeah. season 2, complete discography podcast. Uh, that's what yeah. we are. That's what we're doing here. Uh, we finished... All done with Alkaline Trio. Uh, it was r- kind of a fun experiment to uh, do this. Uh, and now I'm really excited to do it for Bad Religion um, for the exact same reason that uh, Alkaline Trio turned out. Like those new albums that like just found some like new, like I don't want to say new love, but like deserved love that I never really gave the full attention to and uh, like found some like real good gems and all that stuff. So I'm really hoping to do the same thing with some of these Bad Religion albums. Um, and I'm, you know, excited to go through it all, but, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of albums, I think 17 studio albums. So we are splitting this up. I think we talked about that at the end of the last episode on kind of how we would split this up. We'll do like the epitaph years up through generator. Um, we'll be like our season two chapter one, then maybe a break or maybe we figure out like another band to do, um, which we've kind of talked about. And then we'll come back and do like the Atlantic years for bad religion is like a mid chapter two and then break, whatever it may be. Chapter three will be the final years back at epitaph all the way up to modern day. Boom. Do you have uh, predictions about this? So let's just, let's just think about this as our, our chapter one here. So this will be, you know, from now, mm-hmm. now until generator, do you have any like personal predictions about what you think you'll get out of this? What you think maybe your favorite album will be or what you think, um, you know, just something that will will come out of all of this. Um, I don't know that I have any necessary, necessarily like uh, predictions. I will say I think the my favorite album out of these is probably going to be pretty tough. I mean, it it I would imagine it's going to end up being like Generator or No Control. Uh, it could be Against the Grain, possibly though. You know, it's hard to say. Yeah, that's where I'll stay. Swimming <laughs> upstream. <laughs> Uh, what about you? 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, like my introduction to Bad Religion was through um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, um, for one. Like, well, sort of though, sort of. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because you were aware of like Infected was like a radio single that oh, we both yeah, yeah, enjoyed. Yeah. That's true. And and yeah, there might have been other stuff that you might have been aware of as well. Maybe no, you're you're right. Yeah, the elementary school years, like that was um, that was good. You know, um, and there was a good radio song, like one of those ones you were happy to hear on the radio. Um, yeah, you're right. But um, I'm pretty sure that um, the first album that I really spent a lot of time listening to, and it's not really an album, but it was Against the Grain. Or not Against the Grain. Fuck. No, uh, all Ages. Ages so. yeah. yeah. So that gave you like such a really good sample of all those Epitaph Years things, um, like of what we're going to basically be listening to now. So like listening to like the full, like letting the full album just like breathe out entirely. Like I don't think I've ever really like fully done. I don't think I've ever fully invested into any of these albums like, like, nostalgically like front to back know it all and everything i've listened to them all like a number of times i even um put that driving playlist together where i listened to absolutely every album front to back you know when i drove up there to your place before um yeah so i heard them all heard them all many times and everything but like spending that like specific devoted repetition of just a specific album like i'm excited to do that here for you know especially coming out of being a fan from all ages yeah yeah definitely um yeah I, that's probably true for me as well i mean there's a few albums like no control for sure i definitely like owned the album listened to it like a lot so i know it pretty well same with generator probably a little bit less so for against the grain but i just know off the top of my head that that has a lot of like really big like for me like hard-hitting like good songs from them and all uh, you know suffers really good too but it just um just for me i don't think we'll climb as high as those but we'll see Sure. All right. Well, uh, let's start with the, some of the details, uh, the anecdotes and info we have before we like jump right into the album itself. But uh, we are doing for our first episode here, How Could Hell Be Any Worse, um, which was their first album uh, released in January 1982 on Epitaph, which Brett Geritz, the guitarist, founded the label that the band was on for the significant majority of their career and everything. Um, they didn't have a producer for the album. They were essentially the producers themselves for the music. It was like real scrappy and and done just over a few days. Um, it was recorded at a studio called track record studios in uh, North Hollywood. Um, but it was recorded in two different like sessions, basically. Um, it was like late October, early November of 1980. And then, um, January of 81, uh, was when they went back in. Um, and it was released shortly after that. Actually, you know what? I may have already have some wrong information. It was not released in 82. It was released in 81. Um, so I don't know why I had that listed there. Anywho, it was the final part of the recording process finished up in January of 81, and it was released after that. Um, but the weird parts about it, like on the album, like they started out with like their core like group who was like, you know, founded the band with, um, as a, as a whole, like Greg Graffer and Brickeritz, Jay Bentley and their drummer, Jay Ziskraut. But in between those two different recording sessions, he, uh, was upset and left the band, um, over like some minor incident that was just kind of blown out of proportion. And so they had their like friend and roadie and, um, a, you know, a person in their circle, uh, Pete Feinstone come in to play drums for, or learn to play the drums. 
and then go and record in the studio. Like he was super like nervous about really like having to develop any type of skill to even be able to do it uh, in some practice sessions with them leading up to that recording session. Yeah, I had read that uh, Pete Feinstone is actually a friend of that Jay Ziskraut guy. Yeah. Um, um, so I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of funny that like you're mad enough to leave the band, but also it's like, yeah, sure, my friend can, yeah. can just take my place. I, I don't care. Yeah, my friend Pete will handle the duties. No problem. Um, but uh, yeah, so they split it up. Uh, the, rec- the recordings, part of the recordings of this album were done by Jay, and then the other were done by Pete. Um, which is kind of interesting. So I took a note of which one was which. Um, the other recording note we may be able to hear is um, Jay Bentley, the bass player, had spray painted his bass like black and like over the, he spray painted over the strings and over the like, guitar stock and like everything, thinking it was cool. Um, in reality, it's very cool. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in reality, kind of like messed up and, and altered the sound of his bass. It like wasn't bad or anything, but it did have like a unique sound because of that. And so um, apparently they say that you can kind of hear the difference between the two. Uh, it never stood out to me in my mind necessarily, but he had it. That bass was stolen from him before that second recording session happened. So he used an entirely different bass for those other songs that Pete uh, drums on. Uh, and then what else did I have? Um, oh, the front cover, uh, the cover, or it's a kind of famous, you know, photo of Los Angeles and everything. It was taken near the yeah. Hollywood, um, you're taking near the Hollywood Bowl by a photographer named Edward Culver. Um, and he's like apparently a, a really famous photographer and had done like a number of like, like punk album covers in that time and had continued to do so. And I guess at this point, his pictures have been featured on more than 500 different album covers from various bands oh, wow. over the decades, uh, which is kind of rad. Um, kind of a big deal. And then um, the last thing I think I'll share before we. Uh, change course was the uh the album was released you know obviously on record um mm. and it was never released on cd until like a confusing situation happened where basically the entire album was included with two other eps and re-released as on cd for the first time as 80 to 85 and uh we were talking like off recording the other day about this but it was confusing because they didn't actually like none of the recorded material, their first recorded material wasn't until like 1981. And like for them to encompass like the years 80 to 85, like they could have also included like their second album into the unknown, which was a, a mixed like change of pace for them and wasn't as well received. And it's kind of been, was shunned at the time. And now it's kind of just like a unique mile marker in their, in their history. But that was omitted from that too. So it was really confusing Re-release issued as 8085, which kind of did it a disservice. And now, if you go out to buy it on CD, it is renamed back to How Could Hell Be Any Worse with bonus tracks, which are those two additional EPs. It's essentially 80 to 85 with a new name, which is its old name, the original album. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that makes it kind of funky. Yeah, because it was How Could Hell Be Any Worse, then Into the Unknown. And then when they, there was like a good gap there you know, graphing in school, different things. And then they go and do like that, uh, back to the known EP that kind of returns more to like this style of sound. And so that gets, obviously that gets included on this, um, well on 8085 and also on this new, you know, yeah. how could it help me any worse? You know, I guess it's a compilation at that point, but yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing was, um, Oh, I forget. The other thing was the songs that were on there were like a, a compilation thing, um, where they re-recorded songs, but basically you can, 
on 80 to 85 and the new version of How Could Help Any Worse, there's three versions of the song Bad Religion that you can listen to because they're from yeah. three different recording sessions and everything. Um, super fun. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the background details that I kind of pulled together that I thought were interesting. And I've been listening to the audio book of the uh, Do What You Want, which is a written book you can read if you like to read. Um, I'm not into that crap. Um, it's been really good. So I've been listening to that. So I'll probably be referencing that a lot through these episodes too, um, which is kind of cool. But um, yeah, well, I mean, was your first exposure to this 80 to 85, basically? Yeah, I got pretty into Bad Religion and had some of their albums that I wanted. I don't know. I had like an interest in going all the way back. And that was kind of like the, I knew that was the older material, you know? Um, so, so I picked that up. I don't think it, if I'm remembering right, I don't think I had a lot of like their actual like albums individually. Cause like all ages covered like just a lot of years and had a lot of good material. So I think I just went with that maybe as like my second or third bad religion album. And I liked it a lot too, but it was, it's quite a bit different to listen to that older stuff. Like they, they changed sort of like rapidly even though there's like years that pass in ter- you know before they record that new music but in terms of like from this to suffer being like their second album they they do change kind of rapidly um so it was definitely different but i remember liking it quite a bit still um yeah yeah it, um yeah I, I liked it obviously for it's like that raw punk sound and appeal you know when you're like younger you kind of just want something that's kind of like abrasive or edgy or gonna make it like you know like oh yeah this is this is rough and tough and uh like that's why i really like some of the old stuff but it's really the the one that stands out the most to me because all the rest of their albums like as soon as they hit suffer which is yeah like technically like a six or seven year gap from this until then um yeah but once they get to suffer they really like found their sound and found their identity and they like just bought like lightning a bottle for them and have just continued the course since then um, so this one, while not bad, is definitely the outlier for me, and is definitely an of the era and of the time um, kind of release. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and I, it's interesting because for some people, this is like one of the best punk albums of all time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's great. But I just, I don't know. They just go like I. They just go on to do so many better albums for me that um, it's just hard to imagine thinking that but um it's 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 really the loved album you know yeah i you know what? Yeah. if i'm gonna throw out some if i'm gonna throw out some speculation this may be my least favorite album of theirs now like i mean i don't know like it's not necessarily a bad thing either like just as much like the alkaline trio like this is just a band mm-hmm. that uh, love and respect and like really dig their stuff of their of all stuff but because of it being like you know that outlier to me um it just might end up being just kind of shaken down towards the bottom you know yeah, I think for me it'll be towards the bottom, but it won't be at the bottom. There's a there's a cup there's at least one, and there might be a couple of albums that probably will be lower for me. But are you guessing potentially New America or Christmas songs? <laughs> well, I, I don't think we're going to cover Christmas songs, but if we did, uh, that might be lower. Uh, New America, I could imagine being lower though, and No Substance might be a candidate for being lower as well. We'll see. No substance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. That's just a 
throwing something out there so we can call each other out later on. Um, but cool. Well, that being said, we will do what we do. Let's listen to some of the uh, some of the songs, and we'll go through. We'll rank them, and then we'll talk about you know what we like the most to the least, and um, start building our season two recording catalog. Uh, all right. Well, then let's get into it. We'll go through and play track one. We're only gonna die. For a for a two minute and twelve second song, it does have quite a long guitar intro to uh, kick things off for them. <laughs> it does. The uh, total length of the the album itself. Now, you, if you get it through like one of those like reissues or like that, you know, the deluxe edition or remastered version that you can see, um, like it's got way more songs. But if you're looking at just the fourteen songs that were the original album, it's twenty mm. nine minutes and forty seconds total in runtime. So uh, not that long. Which is kind of crazy because, like, you're right. This one has a bit of an intro, and then um, uh, "Fuck Armageddon, This Is Hell" has a bit of like that little intro, and then um, "Voice of God Is Government" obviously has that long kind of spoken word portion to start yeah. the song out. So, I mean, yeah, those <laughs> you know, those are all three. Those are basically three of the longest songs on the album. There's two other ones, yeah, but we'll cover that. So we're only gonna die two minutes and twelve seconds. Um, I got. I don't have much to say about this other than you know it's just kind of a a classic song of theirs. It is just a really good song. Like um, if you were to try and like pick out like one song on here to just like sum up like the style you know of this era of the band and everything like that, this you wouldn't go wrong. You, this would not be a bad choice to pick to represent them um, as a whole. Yeah, I think that would be the for sure choice. Um... And this is a song that they included on um, All Ages, and they still play the song live. And like, so I think, I mean, I think the band is aware that it's it's a significant song. Um, and you're totally right that it, it is like representative of this era for them. But it is funny because this is the one song that has that like piano breakdown, which is kind of cool. Which yes. is something they just don't do again, to my knowledge, on any other songs in this kind of like era. So, well, I wish. Cool. I wish I would have taken note of that. Uh, they talk about it in that Do What You Want book, but I think there's two or three songs on here that technically yeah. have uh, an issue. But yeah, this one is where you really hear it when it starts to break down at that. And like you hear the piano just kind of chiming in and building up with it as it comes back to that roaring chorus one more time. Yeah. Uh, but um, the big brains, um, I wonder if we'll have a a list of words we'll want to define. I should have like my dictionary (laughs) app open and all that stuff, but this does start, um, like some really good, like, like, you know, explaining like who bad religion is and what they do. Like, it's like this picture, this kind of like, um, overview of like man as a whole and like their impact on the world and like, you know, what we do with our decisions and, um, you know, how the cycle kind of repeats itself and to even kind of, like cynically referencing modern times as well too. Uh, what it's kind of a cool, a cool song to think about. Um, but yeah, 
let's uh move it along then we'll go into track two uh oh let's okay again we got a few things we're probably going to be calling out here that song was written by greg graffin um so we'll want to call out the writers probably just for the sake of just kind of maybe noting the differences maybe in style or or delivery or whatever it may be uh the primary songwriters are brett garretts and greg graffin um but on this album technically there is um a jay bentley written uh, yeah <laughs> uh, two songs actually technically from jay but that doesn't really happen much often uh in the future going forward um, but cool, yeah. So track two, Latchkey Kids. Boom. I'll like end it right there. It like repeats its little intro riff and kind of kicks off back again. But that's just like, again, a classic early eighties punk song, like that sound, you know, like that start and stop. (laughs) Like you see like the, uh, those who are now like old dudes, like skanking in the pit and everything. Like, you know, you said (laughs) aggressive, like early eighties, like pit work and everything happening. Like that's just a, a, a fun sound. Yeah. That's a super fun song. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. That was like the like Southern California punk kind of sound for sure. You know, I mean, there was, there was uh, a really vibrant, I think, scene back then. If, if anyone ever looks up just the 80s L.A. or Orange County kind of area punk bands, there's there's a lot. So, yeah, um, yeah that's a good one. Um, yeah, that was written by uh, Gray Graffin as well. He has said that he has had a latchkey kid like upbringing you know he would come home without the parents and wait for them late at night and whatnot um yeah watch key kids track two uh the next one is the first uh jay bentley song uh part three and we'll play that now stop it there or we're going to listen to the entire song <laughs> um it's got that fun bass intro i mean that's probably why like bentley wrote it you know feature himself a little bit on there um yeah showcase the music yeah that's you know good musicians do that so um yeah the uh part three of the title too they referenced um later in suffer they have uh, a part two and a part four and the reason they, they kind of named them that is because those are almost uh, obviously before like a war and an outbreak and a apocalypse happens. And then the part four is like after the fact, like in a post-apocalyptic, you know, after, you know, beyond the events of a war type of thing. So they're not all directly written hand in hand per se, but they, sure. you know, found a fun way to kind of like craft those together in their minds, uh, which is kind of interesting, especially since the songs were written like seven years apart, you know, before those suffer songs come out. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. I I knew about that on the, as far as those being tracks on um, Suffer, but I, I for whatever reason didn't put that together. 
when I was listening to this. But yeah, that's cool. And in their career, they also um, wrote a song called World War Three as well, which is kind yeah. of what Part Three <laughs> is references to. So uh, yeah, they're getting uh, you know political, but uh, maybe a little too on the nose with this you know uh, bombasticness of of it all. I think that is a pretty good song though, and like especially because it's from Jay Bentley. I mean, not to say that he can't write songs, but he just never really does again after this. Like, yeah. You know, so fun stuff. Yeah, he he know he learned his groove and stuck to it after the fact. But you know, he was definitely contributed in this way and tried to tried it out. Um, and didn't do didn't do poorly uh, on this album. Uh, the next song it's another Graffin track, "Faith in God." So we will play that now. Alright. That one also is it's just kinda of funny. Like the, it's just an early voice for them. Like I mean not only like Graffin's like Graffin's vocals is like, you know, quite young and quite early for him, you know, before he gets in his groove. But like lyrically, like you know, just like calling out like, you know, like pitying somebody who potentially, you know, believes or w- wasting their time or, you know, like not above like it's like kind of looking down instead of like looking outward. You know, because uh, some of the songs, especially what Graffin will come into write, are kind of existential or they're either like, yes, like sarcastic or uh, nihilistic, like, like, re- like reflection or like a standpoint from the writing. But they often will be like looking outward or ponder at what could possibly happen if like things keep going. Like, it's not necessarily like capturing a moment or looking back and looking down on somebody. And like, this seems, this seems kind of have this like a negative connotation, like, like you know, laughing at you idiots for believing in God type of thing. Um, but more, more of the organized religion kind of like outcry than, than personal faith, I'd say, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, uh, this one I like pretty good. This is, um, I don't know, like before, like it was so easy to like, listen to like whatever songs you wanted to and stuff like that. I would like, um, and it might have been just like that age that I was at where I was um, definitely looking at like religion and bad religion being a band that would, would um, be critical of it. <clears throat> I had like an interest in that. And um, so I remember sometimes in school, I would just be like reading like lyrics to songs that I hadn't yet heard. But like when I got home, I'd be like, well, I'm going to go on like LimeWire or something like that and like download it. Or I'm going to, you know, find a way to listen to it or whatever at a later time. And this was one of those songs. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think the, the written words, like maybe weren't like written specifically for this song. Like, I think they become really talented songwriters in crafting a melody to music and everything. This is probably more of like an edgy punk, like, like, Oh cool. Like I want to say these things. So I got to kind of like force some words and kind of like, you know, like rush this delivery and just kind of like, like paste them onto whatever, like, you know, fast tempo we got written here and all that stuff. So, um, I think so. While it's cool to like, you know, dive into that like thought or that like, you know, pondering, you know, those kind of like things, like it is just, 
ultimately in the song, it's just kind of like it could have been done on any music and it was, and it could be crafted yeah. in a different way with some more maturity or whatever, but still. 100% true. Yeah, that's completely true. Yeah, of the era, though, I mean, this is what you're getting from them, and uh, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's, you know, it's a diamond in the rough. Uh, the next one, though, uh, another Graffin song. We haven't gotten to the first Skirit song yet, but this song, like again, like kind of like We're Only Gonna Die, uh, is just an all-time gem. But fuck Armageddon, this is... This is almost like as much as I just shared about that last song about it being like early and rough and maybe like written before it was a melody match to it or anything. This song sounds like they did have that. Like they had like a melody, they had a, a delivery, and like it was paired to the music they wrote like really well. Like I think that's probably why this song stands the test of time for them and it's still played live and everything. Um, but it's just a really good, good sounding song and like a, a, kind of a vicious sounding song and everything and just a classic bad religion song for sure yeah obviously i like this one a lot um and i think you're right i never really thought about that but yeah i mean clearly they had a better idea of like what they were trying to do um in like writing a song and and having the music make sense for the song um but it is still kind of funny just like listening to the actual lyrics um not that it's they're good lyrics but i mean like you know, um, it's just that young, young Graffin vibe, right? Where like he, he's not quite as eloquent as he becomes, you know. Um, but still, a really fun song. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's I, I can't help but chuckle a little bit to some of the lyrics. That, that that's all. But. Yeah, I like that second verse. The <laughs> countries manufacturing bomb, countries manufacture bombs and guns to kill your brother for something that he hasn't even done. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like a fun. It's like the. Um, What's that yeah. Again, against me song? White people for peace, you know, like just kind of talking about how like, you know, each side thinks they're doing the right thing. And like, you know, war, it's always like for just for somebody. But in reality, like in the human scope of things, it's just people killing people. And like, you know, is there anybody doing, you know, is there really like right or positive to be gained here? You know, like in the human sense of it all. Um, yeah. Which is kind of funny. But then through the eyes of you know, religion and Jesus and everything. Like we're right. We're doing it we're right. We're, we're doing it to triumph and defeat the evil and, you know, be the, the Christians that we should be. Um, one thing that is kind of like to like ponder and pontificate and like, think about it. Um, it's not so much like a, a curse against like the Christianity or the organized religion of it all per se. Um, it's like the line, you know, how could hell be any worse when life alone is such a curse? Fuck Armageddon. This is hell. It's not like, 
downplaying or casting like stones at like the belief or at God or the devil or anything. It's like, no, like mm. where we're at right now, like the world as it is right now is like hell. Like th- In bad this shape. is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it isn't necessarily negatively speaking to like, you know, something beyond. It's just kind of like, no, like our shit's fucked up right now. Like this is what we got to like kind of be worried about. This is the problem. Like, you know, don't, you know, ignore the, like, like the beyond stuff. Like this is all messed up here right now in front of us. Um, which yeah. is kind of interesting. I just, when you were talking about the, that particular lyric I was thinking about, and I mean, it's bound to happen just because they've written so many songs, but sometimes it seems like the, cause I'm not sure who wrote this next one that I'm referencing, but on, on a generator, they have a, a song. I think it's heaven is falling that mentions to kill your brother for something that hasn't even done. Ah, interesting. I mean, I take a note or of that. Something so, along those uh, along those lines, I think. Uh, which song was? I believe it's "Heaven Is Falling" on uh, Generator, if I'm not mistaken. I'll take a note so we can uh, remember to call that back later, uh, and I like, can see if we notice who uh, who wrote it or wrote you know, it. how the yeah, tie yeah. is. Yeah, um, yeah, that's cool. The I mean, obviously, uh, we also almost didn't call it out, but the the line how could I help you any worse is in this song like that's the where the title of the album gets its name from is of the lyric out of this song here so um that's kind of cool they will often do that uh oftentimes the song is just actually titled exactly what the album's titled you know like generator or no control <laughs> or suffer but this one was a lyric within this song but uh classic um all right well let's move on then unless you had anything else you want to add about fuck armageddon no, I, I mean, I'm not trying to go through these quick or anything like that. It's just they're quick songs, and I think we kind of explained it. Like, well, I do love this album. I just I don't maybe connect to it quite as much as I do some of their other stuff, but I do have um, a lot of love for it. I mean, it was fun listening to it again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, and again, I, I joked about the dictionary thing. I did open the app um, or the a dictionary application so that we can look up some words if we need to. We will need to do that in future songs, and I think that'll be fun to do. This was just an album that I, again, just like I said, yeah, it's 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 worth existing in the pantheon of bad religion, and it's worth listening to as a fan and everything. Uh, but I think there's just so much more love and so much more to like kind of dive into and dissect and really like um, like think about like in the later albums and all that stuff so yeah if it sounds yeah. like if it sounds like we're rushing through this one it's not it's just it is the, an album of its era where uh it's, it's good to listen back on and everything but uh we're getting to the good stuff you know after this well it's a, yeah just one more thing it's a fantastic album like if it was just like oh let's just talk about punk albums they'd be like this is a great one but it's just because they become so great in my opinion that it like you know it makes it it lessens this album a little bit for me because they have like probably 10 other albums that are just like classics for me so yeah yeah um but cool to keep it going we are going to go on to the next track uh track six sorry i lost my count there um it's called
I love that chorus. That's like a really good chorus. Like that's something that not all these songs have as far as like song structure and everything like that. But the way that that verse, the verses and chorus like kind of like are different, you know, and, and change like the, the signature of the sound of the song and everything. Um, that one's just like, you know, like snarling older punk and all that stuff. And then that <clears> kind of hits that chorus and all that stuff. It's like a sing along type of like thing. Like you'd want to kind of, just be present in and I I could hear him playing it live and it would just be just kind of like fun to see. I, I I really, really like this song. Yeah. I like that one quite a bit too. And it's, um, they, yeah, they just do a way better job. Like you kind of pointed out the, maybe I don't want to say issue, but like what might've been going on with the faith in God, like where it was just like, okay, I wrote a song. What music do you have? I'm going to slap it on there. This doesn't feel that way at all. Right. It feels like more cohesive again. And, and, even though it's still like that rougher kind of punk sound and everything like that, it seems like it was a little bit, everything fits really well. I feel like in this one or fits better in this yeah. one. Yeah. There's like, like there definitely seemed like they had a, a melody for the vocals in addition to like the, the music of the song and all that stuff. So like the melody able to play through with the lyrics instead of just like ramming the lyrics out, you know, and like singing them out, you know, whatever they may fit um, makes it just a better song. I think um, and the content, you know, pity on the, um, future of the centuries to come on the billions of ignorant people on the masses. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of a fun old punk song. Uh, that was also by Gregory Graffin. Uh, he wrote that song. And uh, the first Brett Garrett song is finally coming up right here. Track seven. Halfway through the 14 track album is the first one. So I don't have the record sleeve in front of me, but I'm actually curious to know if this would have been the B side. Is this when you when you flip it over and this will be the first track on the back side of it? I wonder. Um, or maybe it would have been split. Well, no, because it, it just depends on. Yeah, maybe not. Actually, yeah, it just depends. Yeah, if it was, if it say it was like the flip side of the record, there would be yeah. another seven songs potentially, and there's one, two, three four five brett songs on that side of it you know so it'd be like almost like a greg side brett side you know um but yeah so next song first song by brett garrett's uh called into the night track seven I'll go, you know what, this is going to be, it's going to be a later thing. I'll, I'll reveal the, the shocking revelation uh, that I may have for that one. Uh, I really, 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 really like that song a lot. I think it has a good sound to it. Um, not in the same way that the last songs had like that really like nice melody to like, you know, bounce and differentiate like that chorus from like Pity or like the way Fuck Armageddon kind of like had that melody through it all. Um, this is still kind of has that like kind of like sung through sound, but just something about that chorus. I really like the delivery of 
and um, the way that Graffin kind of delivers the vocals is just like really cool. Because it's not like a lot of the songs on the album per se, but it still has like a like a dirty sound. Yeah, that's another good one. Um, this one just reminds me more of like just like um, not, not in a bad way, but like any other like punk band. Not not in sound, but in um, in theme, I guess. Like that's a common theme in like that that era of music. Um, like you know, you're in like a dirty city, and like it's it's rough out there in the city that you're living in, kind of a deal. And um, I don't know, it's 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 a fun song for sure. It's like a, a super good punk song, but. Um, it has changed so much lyrically after this. Like, like they don't have, they don't really have songs like that. I don't think going, I mean, we'll see, maybe they do, but it, they don't stick out to me, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean the previous one, the previous songs have all talked about like the masses of humanity and like the conditions of the world and the impact, <laughs> right. impact of the, of, of organized like masses and things like that. And this is more individualized. This is, you know, like, a person's descriptions of like, you know, like a, that's stink, like dirty, dark night, you know, or the dirty, dark <laughs> mind or whatever it may be. So yeah, definitely is different so far uh, on the album entirely. Uh, but it's also written by a different person so far. So we can kind of see how some of these threads might change. Um, the next song track eight, uh, we'll get into, and it's written by Greg Raffin, damn to be free. Those lyrics, um, I'm a freak because my morals clash with others in my world. I go home while they work hard, then they say I'm wrong. There's only one place to be while living with tragedy. If their sins affected me, I've got to be damned to be free. It's just like a, it's it's just that early young punk fan. It is just like, uh, I don't want to say cliched because like, this is a, literally a song from 1981, from the earliest moments of like LA punk and everything. So, like, it's not that they're emulating this song having been written thousands of times over for decades before them. Like, this was like new. Um, so, this is kind of where some of that stuff comes from. But it's just kind of funny to hear back with modern ears on some of these like early um, slants and everything. Uh, but yeah, fun. Yeah, that, that, I like that one pretty good. Um... Yeah, the lyrics are fun. I mean, it's it's a pretty fun song. It's uh, maybe a little bit more cohesive than some of the ones we've heard, I think. Um, yeah, it's, it's another good one. Yeah, I said that was a um, Graffin song. That was, I, f- I forgot to call it out, but that was that song was from their first recording session. So that was Jay Ziskraut hmm. on drums there, and that was like that um, spray-painted black bass by Jay Bentley. Um hmm. As a matter of fact, most of the songs in this backside are from that first recording session. So um, I didn't really get to call it out. But 
Uh, hmm. there, there is another one. Oligarchy towards the end here will be from that second recording session. So we can kind of like try and hear the difference between the two if we notice it. Uh, but track nine, we're on to next. Um, white trash, parentheses, second generation, end parentheses. Wait. Uh, yeah. Written by Brett Geritz. Wasted children, things like eyes, blood and sweat. We socialize, broken home, from what they got. The same cat, come fly in my In a bunch of eyes, crazy baby, come to my life. Teenage guys, they this shape. One step for the other end of the game. White trash, same generation. White trash, same generation. White trash, same generation. Diagram, fascination. White trash second generation, don your crown, cleanse thy nation. <laughs> uh, and I said it was a, yeah, I remember that. Uh, it's a Brett song. Uh, he talks mm-hmm. about um, beer stained dad, compliant mom. Um, obviously, famous. He talks about his mom uh, or a mother and father in uh, 21st century digital boy as well. You know, more of like from the the personal like view and not necessarily the like the Graffin style like. wide scope or you know pontificating view uh, which is kind of interesting uh fun song you know like has that like you want that um classic punk sound like this is a really good bouncy like fun punk sound yeah i like this one um it's interesting because like they're they are they mesh well together as like songwriters but they do have like you were kind of alluding to that like very different themes and that that continues throughout their career where like Irwitz he'll write like political things or thought provoking things but he'll also like dabble more I think in like his his um his personal life or his just personal perspective on on things you know kind of um obviously I probably wouldn't release this song today but like I mean like that that theme kind of continues in, in uh, future albums for him as a songwriter I feel like yeah yeah he uh it's like i said i've been the do what you want book the like brett does talk about how he does specifically take some like changes in his writing like he does try and like match greg and like with suffer he tries to match greg being like that um like punk rock professor like like really smart like songs and like he held his own with greg in those but then he he did knowingly try and like change and be a little bit more poetic and be a little bit more you know a little bit different like purposefully um in other albums and all stuff too so we'll we'll obviously talk more about that as those albums come up but yeah having having a band with with two songwriters and actually it's interesting that i mean uh alkaline trio has two songwriters you know uh yeah but in that case you know they they sing their songs those were their like the songs that they're writing they're delivering um whereas Mm -hmm. whereas here They've written these songs as a band and as a unit, and Greg is learning to sing Brett's words the way Brett had wrote them, and Brett is learning to play the melodies and guitar the way Greg helped write that, like on his piano and on his own guitars and stuff like that. So, um, same like dual writer setup, but entirely different delivery, which is kind of interesting. Consistent like voice and consistent vocal in Bad Religion. Whereas there's yeah. still t- two different brains coming up with the, the song. 
Yeah, Grafton one time, or I was reading a, a, an interview. I shouldn't just be like Grafton one time, but I was I was reading <laughs> an interview, you know, with him, and he kind of like he mentioned, you know, um, there's a certain like ego and being like the the front man of the band or whatever, and like um, and how he could see how that could create like clashes and this and that. Like, not that that's been the case for them, but like he kind of pointed out, it's like at the end of the day, like whether or not I wrote that song or not people think it's my song i'm the one singing it like i'm the i'm the the voice to this so like you know yeah um i just thought it was interesting that he you know would mention that even but yeah yeah it's the same thing for like for brett i mean if he wrote this song and or wrote a song and like it's like his thing and then it's getting popularized and all that stuff it's like oh well the singer you know he wrote this you know what a great job he did and it's like well no that was me like i'm getting no credit for this I'm remembering now he brought it full circle and he was like, because it's kind of funny because he was pointing out that Brett was the one that wrote a lot of their bigger like singles and some of the songs that people might know them more from. Like he for sure wrote Infected. I think he wrote, I'm pretty sure he wrote Los Angeles is Burning. Um, he wrote a lot of their bigger kind of, you know, I guess hits. And so I think Raffin was just kind of pointing out that it's kind of funny that, you know, yeah. he's still the one that kind of gets in a lot of people's eyes, maybe the credit, but he's just singing the song that, that Brett wrote. But yeah. Interesting, yeah. interesting dynamic when you have that, this like established singer, I am the singer, I am the yeah. guitarist, you know, we're, we're sure we're writing differently and as partners and crafting these, but like it is the one singer and, and everything with it. So interesting how that plays out. Um, <laughs> Next song, track 10, uh, written by Giritz again, uh, American Dream. This was also from that first recording session of theirs. some uh background like ooze like or ahs right there starting you know which will become a staple of bad religion in the future and everything but uh, some shared melodies there was actually kind of fun um this one though uh kind of you know of its era you know like the, the lyrics that it starts with i hate my family i hate my school speed limits and the golden rule like it's just a little <laughs> like like of its of its era they, there's definitely teenagers writing these songs um in suburban america that's that's what this song is yeah i still like this one a lot <laughs> yeah no it, it is yeah. the, the second verse is better it's what it was about to start was hate your god i hate my job i hate hypocrites yeah. and common slobs like you know it's <laughs> a little bit more like thought out rather than just calling sh- shame on people for following the golden rule <laughs> and speed limits you know like i don't know uh, yeah uh, maybe not this well both of those really i mean can we really be against either of those but yeah i guess it's just angst you know i don't know it's still a fun song though. yeah uh what do we got next the next song is the shortest oh, i'm sorry god i can't believe this it's a minute and four seconds long and it is not the shortest song on the album um mm-hmm. uh it's eat your dog by gray graffin this was recorded in their first recording session uh, here it is. Hey, 
That's uh, one of those ones that just to me, I like the music to it. Like uh, the music is like like fun old punk and like um, you know like bam 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 I like that little riff. But the vocals and the lyrics to me I found it just sound like there wasn't like a fun original melody found there, and so it just kind of like the shoehorns them in and everything. So to, the song to me just isn't as exciting as the other songs in the album. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can agree to that. Like, this is another one, though, too, like, lyrically, where it's a little bit more, like, looking down on or, like, um, um, <laughs> I don't know, just shitting on, kind of, like, being a little more cynical about, like, you know, I mean, literally, it's like, you're dying, you asshole, your religion can't save you now, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they don't really take that approach as much, I don't think, uh, in the future, you know? It's just too, um, like, it's too on the nose without being, like, you know like cynical or nihilistic or pessimistic or whatever, like other slants that like they typically will take or or sarcastic even, you know, like this is just, just on the nose. Like, yeah, you know, your, your religion can't help you now. Like, okay. Not that I'm, you know, religious person who is offended here at all by any means whatsoever. Um, No, I'm not offended. It's just a little bit like, (laughs) I, I don't know what it is, but it's just, you know, little on the notes for a man named Bad Religion whose logo is a cross with a, you know, slash through it. You know, like, we, we got that already from just the buying the ticket. You know, <laughs> like, go ahead and do, you can sing about <laughs> something else. Um, so next song will be the other Jay Bentley track recorded in their first session. Um, part three was from the second session. So Jay showed up with mm. one, one song in their first recording session and showed up with another song in their second. And then it just became too much effort to bring one more song to the next album, Suffer, seven years later, that he didn't do it. Uh, but Voice of, <laughs> Voice of God is Government, track 12, is the next song that we will listen to now. Neighbors, no one loves you like he loves you. And no one cares like he cares. Neighbors, let us join today in the holy love of God and money. Because neighbors, no one loves you like he loves you. And what better way to show your love than to dig deep into your pockets. Dig real deep and give until it hurts. Alleviate your guilt. Free yourself once again because he gave to you, brothers and sisters. Please give a 10, 25, or $50 tax-deductible donation. And I assure you, your modest pledge will be used to censor TV and radio. Bam, questionable bucks. It's funny the lyrical content of of this little like monologue here at the start, um, mm-hmm. lambasting and making fun of like those you know televangelists and like you know large mega churches and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. You know here, uh, please give a ten, twenty five, or fifty dollar tax deductible donation, <laughs> and I'll yeah. assure you that your modest pledge will be used to censor TV and radio and ban questionable books. Uh, it's really good. Uh, that goes on for a minute. And then it kind of kicks into a song, finally, and, like, the chorus, you know, like, the voice of God is government, like a a, a fun mid-tempo, like, punk take on one of their songs. Um, but it's interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the music once it gets going, but my favorite part of the song is the spoken word part, because it is funny, and it is, like, you know, it's not exactly wrong. Um, it's it's clearly, like, being you know, sarcastic or, or, you know. But it's hard to really give that song a lot of credit, because, like, this, the, the music portion is very short. It doesn't really, like, get the title of the song or the chorus across to me in terms of like, well, I, I'm reading the title of voice of God's government, but I don't, um, I don't, I like, there's never a, a, a good sort of, um, explanation a little bit. It's, it's just not explained very well to me, but I, I, I do love that spoken word intro. The song's fine. Um, they end up doing another spoken word that I think begins similar like neighbors on a on a no substance. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's like the state of the end of the something address, but yeah. A little something callback similar to, to that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's make note of that. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's just not really much of a song. <laughs> There's not a lot of meat there, but that spoken word is hilarious. It's awesome. Yeah. Um all right, so moving on then from there, we have two more songs left on this album. Track thirteen is from the second recording session. So um, this will be where Pete is the drummer, you know, who is does not have the same confidence or skill that you know Jay Ziskrout had, but he you know obviously like gains over time. Um, and Jay's different bass, so let's. I want. I'm curious to hear <laughs> if we can have any of that like stand out to us. But a Brett Garrett song oligarchy a minute and one second long so this is the shortest song on the album uh, so i'll play that to fade out there because we're 75 percent <laughs> to this song uh what a long intro um for a song that's one minute and one second long uh that had like a 28 second intro um yeah oligarchy but it ends with the ends with repeating the name of the song at the end of that uh of that little minute long jam yeah, I feel like that you've said that a few times. I'm like, wow, what, a, what an odd choice to make, you know, such a long intro for a song. I mean, that's just how they filled it out, right? I mean, a lot of these songs are only like, they're not much more than a chorus in some cases, you know? I yeah. Mean, which is fine. A few written lines, you know, like, cool, I have this really yeah. like snarky thing I want to say. Uh, I can kind of repeat this a couple of times and say this. It's like, all right, we've got a song. Oh, wait. Yeah, but you're, you're, writing, you're singing it too fast, Greg. Uh Go ahead and pat out the music, you know, showcase the music here. Yeah, down with homework. That was the message they had to get out. <laughs> uh, final song of the album, Doing Time by Brett Geritz. Uh This is from their first recording session, three minutes long. Uh, final track of How Could Help Be No Worse.
I was doing time. Um, this next chorus, it gets into, it says like, William had 26, blew his brains out. Now look at him. Jod had only one. Um, but it's kind of calling out names and like the impacts that they've had. Um, for some reason, that just reminded me of like a song on um, Process of Belief where like he just starts like naming people and like like oh, their, yeah. their places in life and like the what's happened. And they, there's another song that's like this too that they've done. Um, but it's a, it's a, I don't, I mean, I was, I always thought it was like a graphing thing for some reason, but, um, uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see how that will, like, if that is a theme, is it by one person, you know, where it's kind of like the crafting these characters and like the impacts that they've had or whatever they've gone through or whatever, like event, like changed them. Like, um, I'd just like to see where that, like, you know, where that, where that continues and who's, who continues to do that. Cause, um, it definitely happens again. Yeah, yeah, I know the song you're talking about too on a on process of belief. Yeah, this song though, um, it's I, I like the music of this song, and again, I just think that the I wish there was like a better melody for the vocals or like a better better lyrics to like pair with like the melody for the vocals or something to make this one stand out because I really I don't want to say it's wasted or anything, but I, I really do like the music of this song. It's kind of like bouncy. It has that interesting guitar intro um, and little interlude there, but um, yeah. It is what it is. This one seems it, it seems much better put together though than a lot of the songs on here. Um, but I'm not going to lie on. I mean, I have like a handful of songs that I really like on here, and then um, and I like the rest of them. But it's just really hard to like kind of rank them because I'm a little, I'm not indifferent to them, but they're they're super similar. Yes, in a lot of ways. So so there is that, but. I have, um, I'm going to say my top, my top four are songs that I would like consider putting on. Like if I was to make like an all ages thing of like the entire bad religion catalog, um, Mm -hmm. there's four on here. I for sure would consider putting on something like that. Maybe not all four, but like, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm yeah, just, I mean, just because you got to have, you got to have something from here to represent it. You know, if, if you were to do something like that, and so no no for sure i'm just like i don't know that i could put four or or yeah no i got you though yeah of course you gotta have some stuff on uh from here yeah yeah all right well um let me make sure i have all 14 songs ranked do you got all 14 songs ranked i believe i do yeah yep 14 all right so that's what we do we rank them and then we talk about them and then we end the episode and then we do it all over again with a whole other album. <laughs> uh, so we we mentioned this um, previously. Like, do we want to go bottom to top this time, or should we just still start yeah. number one? Uh, we always did it number one through the end, but um, yeah, I don't know if it matters much, does it? No, I don't think it does. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's just do it uh, top to bottom then, T to B. Okay. Uh, you ahead and go. Go ahead and go first. Okay, so probably not shocking, but I I went with We're Only Gonna Die. It's number one. Oh. 
or maybe it is shocking. I guess it is. Shocking. I mean, I wasn't like, I, you know, I wasn't shocked, but um, to, to me, fuck Armageddon. This is hell is the number one. Like, like if I, had to, mm-hmm. if I had to eliminate everything, but one, like, yes, we're only going to die. It's my number two. Uh, but like, fuck Armageddon. Like, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta stick with that jam for sure. Um, so yeah, that was, so your number one, we're only gonna die. My number one, fuck Armageddon. This is hell. I just spoiled my number two. We're only going to die. So you go ahead and share your number. So number two is fuck Armageddon. This is hell. And it's also really, really good, but, um, you know, it's just how it shakes out for me, I guess. You know? Yeah. Shake it like, you know, you mean it. I don't Salt know. shaker. <laughs> uh, so then what is your three? Uh, in the night. Interesting. Mm-hmm. My number three is Into the Night. <laughs> oh. Uh, in the Night, not Into the Night. I don't know. I, I wrote Into the Night here. It's funny because uh, the Aqua Trio song probably. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Oh, that's the song I put here, actually. Yeah, I didn't find any other good Bad Religion songs. So I'm, I picked Alkaline <laughs> Trio in Into the Night. night. <laughs> yeah. um, no, In the Night is my three as well. So that's fun. Um, yeah. I just, I like that chorus. Um, in the Night, you see, through jaded eyes. But it is, uh, it's, it, the lyrically it does kind of like introduce something different from what Graffit was kind of like establishing himself with like the kind of like bigger scope, bigger like worldly and humankind impactfully like written songs. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So what's your, uh, what's your, um, this one I think we'll for sure disagree on. This was, um, it's just got a lot easier listenability factor for me. So it's a uh, American dream. Oh, American dream. Yeah. Ooh. Yawning. Uh, my four uh, is Pity. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So you're five. My five, I went with the... Uh, oh, man, I'm already kind of considering this now. I probably would have gone with Pity here, actually, but it's okay. I, I went with uh, Doing Time. Doing Time. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I like that one a lot. <laughs> this is odd. But, like, I, again, like, my top... Those top four, like, I'm really, like, strong, strong about the rest you know take or leave them or take them or leave them you know they're like of this album of this era you know fun battle religion stuff but yeah um mm-hmm. mine is part three which is that jay Bentley Holy song. Moly, yeah. <laughs> 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 I said- yes okay that's so glad you said that um you saying holy moly that is going to be this season's <laughs> wow <laughs> for shocking things. Sure. i have no idea why i said holy moly i don't know the last time i said that i was probably eight years old but I'm Holy glad. <laughs> I am so glad you said that. That is going to be the stinger for every time something shocking is said. Holy moly! <laughs> I don't know why. Why I said that? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, hot dog! That is a spicy one. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I knew something felt off about it the minute it escaped my mouth. I was like, "Why did I say that?" Holy moly! All right, you're, you're number uh, six? <laughs> uh, six, I went with uh, Pity. <laughs> pity, okay, cool. Pity yeah. City. Gotta take it to Pity City. Take me down to the Pity City where the girls are pretty and they got <laughs> big titty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably oh, remove six. that. But. <laughs> Gonna have to keep that. Uh, number six, <laughs> Damn to be Free. Okay, so number seven, I went Damn to be Free. All right, my seven, uh, White Trash, Second Generation. Oh, you're a fan of that one. It, it is good, though, yeah. Um, yeah. I actually thought it would place higher for me, but uh, so number eight is uh, 
Faith in God. Eight, Faith in God. Eight for me is American Dream. Good GM. Oh, cool. Uh, nine, I went with Eat Your Dog. Nine, I went with Doing Time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, ten, I'm going Oligarchy. Hmm. Ten, I'm going Eat Your Dog. Okay, eleven, I'm going White Trash, Second Generation. Eleven, I got Latchkey Kid. And, oh, twelve, I've got Latchkey Kid. <laughs> uh, twelve. Yeah, twelve, Voice of God is got. Hmm. Uh, so thirteen for me, I've got part three. Thirteen for me, I got oligarch. Oh wow! And so yeah, fourteen for me is voice of God's government. And mine is faith in God. Oh wow, that low. Thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I mean, none, none of them are bad. They're just you yeah, know, yeah. like there's just I could boil this down this into you know just a handful of songs and be like, cool, like that's all I need from this. Let me move on to the rest of the good stuff because you know knowing what's coming and everything. So yeah, um, I don't know if I was as critical with like ranking these, but it's also because I don't listen to these like dozens of times over to like really like you know have them like in like ingrained in the back of my mind or anything. No, yeah, this it's the same for me. Like if I'm going to listen to some songs from here, it's going to be like uh, you know, fuck Armageddon, this is hell. Uh, we're only going to die. Um, and honestly, a lot of times that's it. But I might, I might listen to a few others depending on the mood, right? But it's it's hard for me to sit here and listen to this, like I said before, because then I was like, ah, oh, this is cool, but I'm going to listen to like, we'll put Suffer on now or something, or yeah. put, you know? But. Yeah. I want to listen to In the Night and Pity more. Also, I, I should put them on like a playlist or something like that, or at least In the Night, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, on the- and actually, that, that's true. In the Night, I do, I do like a lot. Pity, I should listen to more as well. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was um, episode one of our season two. How could hell be any worse from Bad Religion? Um, hopefully you all enjoy this. I don't remember the social media tags off the top of my head again. See discography on one of them. And yeah. Something on the other one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there, they'll be in like the notes of the podcast show notes or whatever. So you can see them there. Yeah. Uh, Definitely, like, send us messages, send us a tweet, send us a comment on, like, Instagram or something like that. Um, and uh, we definitely can, like, you know, shout out anybody who's listening's, like, personal favorite songs or, you know, if you have, like, a fun anecdote or fun little story or something like that. You know, we could definitely make time to share a couple of those things each episode. Uh, we never mm-hmm. really, we didn't really make a lot of effort to do that in the first season because we recorded the entire season before it was, like, aired and everything. But the fact that this will be released in, like, three different chunks to, like, cover the entire band, like, we'll have maybe more of an opportunity to do that. If anybody who's listening wants to interact with us or be a part of it, um, do that. Uh, otherwise, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, anything else you want to say before? No, not really. I mean, we did, uh, you know, no, not really. We didn't really talk about, I guess we're, we're, we're probably not going to be covering like into the unknown or like, you know, but we can maybe down the line kind of find time to talk about that some, at some point, but cause that's like their next album, but we are, we are not going to do that, that album. We're going to yes. skip it like their original fans did. Yes. And we're going to, yeah. So, yeah, the, um, Yes, exactly that. So we definitely do it as like a, a bonus episode after the fact when it's all said and done or something like that. You know, it'd be fun maybe even listen to a few samples of them or, or kind of like we did with the uh, B-Sides episode with the Alkaline Trio. Like, you know, at least hearing like a little bit of it, you know, it would be kind of fun to 
um, to visit. So not completely omit it. It's just like they themselves as a band realize not that it was a miss or a wrong, but it was like them trying something way too drastic and way too different and, and not at all of what they wanted to ultimately do looking back. Um, so they yeah. kind of followed up with some other albums and their next album. Um, oh, I didn't call that out in this one. Um, on that song, um, part three that Bentley wrote, um, he, uh, there's a guitar solo in that song by Greg Hetson, who at the time was in the Circle Jerks and was a fan and friend of the band and everything. And Bentley wanted a second guitar track on that because he wanted to sound like, like, because it's part three, like World War Three. He wanted like two warring guitars going off in the in the album and everything. Um, but technically the next album we are going to cover is going to be suffer after the ups and downs that the band kind of went through then hiatus and everything. Um, Greg Hetson officially was a member of bad religion on that next album, um, for suffer. So this was his first appearance. He had, you know, a little guest spot on that one track, uh, which is just kind of a cool note. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, cool. That's, that does, does it for us here. Um, thanks for listening and we will catch you next time. Bye. Yeah.